2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kill My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And I am coming to you with lots of energy and feeling, you know, actually somewhat intelligent today. I'm very excited about it. I've been off for a few days from work. Um, I still have a few more days before I have to go back to work. So it's been really nice. I feel very rested and kind of, like, ready to take on the world. Now, when I go back to work, I'm sure... <laughs> I'll fall back into that constantly exhausted phase because work is, you know, work. But right now, I've had, you know, a number of days off. I've had sleep. Like, I can't tell you how many nights in a row of sleep I've had to this point, but it's been a fair few, more than I normally get. And it does a world of difference for, you know, your body, your health, your mental status. It just, it's amazing. So, I highly suggest sleep on a regular basis. Um... Originally, we were going to talk about the Volkswagen ID Buzz reveal. I was so excited about the ID Buzz that I dedicated a whole show just to it. I was like, okay, this episode, number 285, the one we're on right now, is going to be 100% the ID Buzz. I'm going to take clips. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. We're going to find out some real information. And it turns out it it was kind of uneventful. And I'm not going to share all my thoughts here, but because it was uneventful on Wednesday, I was like, oh no, I need to actually plan a show and do news. Um, we have friends from out of town visiting us and I didn't want to be rude to them. So I kind of put the show together in my spare moments and I finally finished today. So that's why the show's late. And even though the show is late, I think it's going to be a good show. So let's go ahead and jump right into our news stories. First up, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration has ruled that when level five autonomous driving finally becomes a thing, like it's real, level five autonomous vehicles will not have to have a steering wheel or pedals in the vehicle when they're sold, which is a big change from what they were saying prior to this. So that's, that's some good news. Next up, the Oklahoma State Senate has passed a Bill SB 1541, which will allow autonomous vehicle testing on public roads. Oklahoma joins 19 other states that allow autonomous vehicle testing on public roads. So I I think this is a really good thing. Now, (laughs) for the not so good thing, West Virginia would like to ban automakers from sending over-the-air updates to vehicle owners. This is Bill HB 4560. And it was introduced by the Dealerships Trade Association. And I can't I can't tell you, this is kind of a side jag, how angry it makes me that it's legal for businesses, lobby groups, or special interest groups to write legislation, pass that along to a Congress critter, and then it can be voted into law. Like that does not seem like a thing that should happen, but it happens more than you think, and that's really unfortunate. Fortunately, in this situation, the Alliance for Automotive Innovation sent a letter to these legislators in in, uh, West Virginia, pointing out some issues they had with the bill. And the biggest issue they had was this over-the-air update ban. The Alliance for Automotive Innovation said that the bill would actually harm consumers in order to benefit dealers. So there's a little carve out in the bill that says that entertainment upgrades or entertainment updates and navigation updates would be allowed. But anything that changed the functionality functionality of the vehicle would not be allowed, which is pretty gross if you ask me. Especially when you consider where the bill originated from, which was the Dealership Trade Association. This is going to seem like a novel like approach to this problem, but um, when my wife and I bought our Chrysler minivan, we could have bought it from any number of dealerships in the Phoenix metro area. The reason why we chose the dealership that, that we ended up buying it from was because they had really good customer service. Dealerships need to wrap their head around the the, the fact that things in the automotive industry are changing and there is a place for dealerships, but they need, they being the dealerships, need to rethink how they do business. Like, at least here in the United States, automotive dealerships are kind of known as, you know, stereotypically known to have predatory business practices, and I'm not saying that all dealerships are bad because the one that we dealt with uh, when we bought our van, they're great. They're still great. They are still supporting our vehicle. We take it there for maintenance and things like that, even though it's really far away from where we live now. so it's, it was a it's a positive experience. However, if you're relying on legislation that really shifts the power from the consumer to the dealer for something as silly as a software update. Uh, then you're probably going, your days are numbered is what I'm saying there. All right. Enough of that. Speaking of days being numbered, Rivian is being sued by one shareholder for failing to tell customers that they underpriced their EVs. So allow me to take you back 12 ish days ago when Rivian decided that they were going to raise the prices of the R1T and the R1S because the operational costs were rising. Now, raising the price of a vehicle isn't that big of a deal. A lot of auto manufacturers have done this. Tesla has done it several times in the last year, and we're going to talk about that later. Where it becomes a big deal is that Rivian told existing reservation holders – that Rivian would not honor the quoted price when they placed the reservation some reservation holders were far enough along in the process where they this was not going to affect them, but everybody else who was not was going to have to pay between fifteen and thirty two percent ish more for the vehicle and as you can imagine, this caused tens of thousands of people to cancel the reservation and the stock price for Rivian fell by about 37% as of Monday. So it might have rebounded or it might be lower from the last time I checked on this. Rivion did reverse course and said that they would honor the originally quoted price uh, with existing reservation holders. But I'm sure that you're aware that when people feel like they've been taken advantage of or scorned, they just don't they'll they'll just not buy your vehicle out of principle at this point. And let's bring it around to the top of the story here where I said that one shareholder was suing Rivian because they didn't report to shareholders, I said customers, but I meant shareholders, that they were underpricing their vehicles. Now, my question is to you, is Rivian really lying to shareholders that they are underpricing their vehicles or is it a matter of... You know, um, uh, you know, let's start with the labor shortage and the supply chain shortage and how hard it is to ship things right now. And, oh yeah, there's a war going on in Ukraine. So is it that, is it that Rivion lied to investors or is it that all of this other stuff is going on in the world or is it something else entirely different? Go ahead and email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com and tell me what you think, because I would love to hear it. Um. Next week, we are going to talk about the Rivian earnings call, and we might find out out more uh, once I listen to that and, you know, we start digging into that. But as of right now, I want to know what you think. Okay, here's a much shorter story. The next Chevy Blazer SS will be an electric vehicle. It'll go on sale spring of 2023. And, yeah, okay, sounds good. Uh, Next story, Hyundai and Sony announced that they will form a new company to build EVs together. If you remember right, at CES the last couple of years, Sony has showed off their electric vehicle concept. I'm actually skeptical that this will come to fruition. And the reason why uh, is because Sony and Honda are two very different companies. They have different philosophies on things. And I'm not sure that they can work together on this project long term without butting heads. Now, don't get me wrong. Just because I'm skeptical, that doesn't mean that I don't think that this is neat. And I would like to see what Honda and Sony come up with. But in general, I don't know. I don't know that those two companies can work together. Maybe they can, and I'll be wrong, but in, I just think if Honda and Sony worked on one vehicle, Electric vehicle, and they were like, Oh, this is working out really well. Then maybe I could see that being spun off into its own company. But I just think there's too many moving parts for two companies this size to come up with something that's going to be compelling. I hope I'm wrong, but that's just what I think. The Hyundai IONIQ 5 has won the UK car of the year and the best family car award. And in related news, the C-O-T-Y uh, organization or caroftheyear.org has awarded the Kia EV6 Car of the Year. Other notable EVs that won Car of the Year award from this caroftheyear.org, it's a little on the nose for the name, were the Jaguar I-PACE and the VW ID4. So, I don't know if either of these two things are significant, but I bring it up because I like both of these vehicles and I didn't have another Kia or Hyundai EV story in here. So, yeah, there's that. All right. I'm going to bring up something that, unless you're older, I don't know that you're going to know that much about it. But I suggest that you Google before you listen to the rest of this Myers Manx. This is a really cool looking dune buggy, it's very iconic. Uh, according to the story I read, it's the first dune buggy released in 1964, and it might be, but it's probably the first commercially produced dune buggy that was released in 1964. There was probably other dune buggies before this, but that's not why I'm talking about it. The myers Minx is coming back. It's going to get an EV revamp, which I think is really neat. But what I even think is neater than that is that Bruce Myers, the creator of the Myers-Manx, he first tried to make this vehicle electric back in 2014. Now, Bruce Myers passed away, but the company lives on. And I'm really looking forward to seeing if they actually can get this thing into production. And then, you know, how much money it costs. I'm going to guess it's going to be really expensive. But I remember the myers Manx. I don't know if anybody that I knew when I was a child had it, but it was a very iconic vehicle. It was on... TV shows, it was on magazine, it was in magazines. My uncles were very big motorheads. So, this is a, a thing that I saw all the time. So, it's, I think it's really cool. Uh Ford, let's talk about Ford. Ford announced that it's splitting into two divisions. So, they'll have this standard ICE car division, which will be Ford Blue. And the electric division will be the Ford Model E division former senior vice president of engineering at Tesla, will be leading the Model E division. So, I'm really excited to see where this goes. Some people are saying that they created this division to kind of minimize the role of dealerships or just to kind of cut the dealerships altogether out of the the purchasing process. And I don't know if that's true or not. We'll see going forward, but I think it's interesting but not altogether surprising that they've split the company into two divisions. There's also something called Ford Pro, and I'm not sure where Ford Pro sits. I don't know if it bridges between the EV and the ICE divisions, because there's going to be Ford cargo vans and things like that that are going to be electric. So, I don't know where Ford Pro sits exactly in that, but, you know, in the interest of full reporting, there you go. It sits there somewhere. Gogoro, a company we've talked about, especially in the early days of this podcast. If you don't know, Gogoro is a company uh, that got their start with swapping out batteries for electric uh, smart scooters that they manufacture. So if you've not seen this, it's pretty cool. Um, you, You get this really neat looking scooter. You drive around whichever city you're living in. And then when your battery is low, you go up to this vending machine, which has all sorts of Gogoro batteries in it, and you just swap your used battery or your spent battery for a fresh battery and you move on about your day. This week, Gogoro announced that they are ready to do this with actual vehicles. I'm not going to go too much into this because we'll see if they actually have some partnerships going forward. But still pretty interesting. I like more people getting into the battery swap space. So I'm all for it. Stellantis Automotive Group announced that they would have 75 electric vehicles by 2030. If you've never heard of Stellantis, they are kind of the umbrella company for Alfa Romero, Chrysler, Citroen, Dodge, Fiat, Jeep, Maserati, Opel, Peugeot, Ram, and, and more. So... It's pretty cool. Uh, In the United States, we will get 25 of these vehicles from Stellantis. I'm really hoping one of them happens to be a fully electric Chrysler minivan because that's what my wife would like. Um, Starting next year in 2023, we will get an electric Jeep and Alfa Romero and Maserati will be fully electric by 2030, which I think is pretty cool. I think it's still very early uh, to determine whether or not they're going to be successful in this or not like Elon and and rightfully so gets a lot of grief from people online because he makes a lot of promises that don't don't come to fruition right but what what others what they kind of forget about is that other manufacturers do this all the time. Like 2020 was going to be the year of the electric vehicle. We're in 2022 now and we have a handful of electric vehicles that you can purchase and none of them are under $35,000 or I shouldn't say that. None of the compelling options are under $35,000. But I really hope that Stellantis can accomplish this. I think 75 in eight years, 75 vehicles in eight years might be a lot. Um, just based on what auto manufacturers were saying when I started this podcast is that we'd have all of these electric vehicles by 2020. We don't. And we're getting a handful of new electric vehicles every year. And I'm sure that that will multiply over time. 75 is a lot of vehicles though. I understand it's across a bunch of different uh, brands, but uh seems like it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a long road to hoe for Stellantis for sure. Chinese EV maker Xpeng has opened reservations in four European markets for their P5 sedan. Those markets include the Netherlands, Sweden, Denmark, and Norway – the P5, if you don't know, is a family sedan. It's got a 12.3 inch LCD instrument cluster, a 15.6 inch center display for the infotainment navigation. It features X Pilot, which is their version of, you know, autonomous driving or autopilot over the air updates. It'll come with a 66 kilowatt hour battery that will give the vehicle a range of 465 kilometers or 288 miles. Test drives begin April of 2022. The vehicle starts at a really affordable $24,875 US dollars. I didn't convert that to euros, but it's somewhere in that neighborhood. Lucid Motors obviously has a YouTube channel because everybody has a YouTube channel, but they have released some really cool tech talks that can help the layperson such as myself understand electronic vehicles. And more specifically, the technology that goes into Lucid Vehicles. The first episode is on batteries, and it's really fascinating. I learned a ton. I haven't finished it all the way, but I watched enough of it to recommend it. Uh, they currently have 10 Tech Talk videos with more to come. I'll put the link in the show notes, and I would highly encourage you to watch a couple. It I think they're very interesting. All right, let's take a break here and talk about how you support this show. There's a number of different ways to support the show. You can recommend us to a friend. You can write a review. You can support us on Patreon and some other places coming very soon. I'll talk about that at a later time when that's all set up. But if you want to financially support the show now, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support and you can sign up for as little as a dollar. You get all of the ads removed from the show, so you get an ad-free experience. And then you also get a thank you card and a sticker of the show art. So I mentioned a few weeks ago that I had created some new show art. I haven't shown it off yet, or I haven't shown it off to very many people yet. That is going to be coming on April 1st. We'll we'll switch over to the new show art. Right now, the show art you see was created by Allison Sheridan of the Podfeet Network, Podfeet.com. But I had some pretty cool stickers made up of the new show art. I'm really happy with how it turned out. And I'm sending out these stickers to all of the new and existing Patreon supporters over the next couple of weeks. So if you've moved and you have a new address, please update it in the Patreon customer relations area in the account section so I can send this stuff to you. And if you haven't added your address to Patreon and you would like to receive the stickers, then please update your your Patreon information and I will get this sent out to you over the next couple of weeks. So yeah, just go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt if you'd like to support the show. I realized that this Patreon plug was a little longer (laughs) than normal, so I'm sorry about that. Um, Also, it was was very discombobulated. Wasn't a good pitch, is what I'm saying.
0: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online
1: From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
2: let's get to some Tesla news. Panasonic is looking for a new location for a mega factory for their battery plants. They're going to be building Tesla's 4680 battery cells there. And according to a Reuters report, they've narrowed down the multi-billion dollar factory location to Oklahoma or Kansas. Really what's important here is somewhere close to Texas. I'm not sure why they wouldn't build it in Texas. Maybe they just got better financial incentives from these two states but in any case panasonic's looking for a new location to build a plant let's see here tesla has announced that they will pay ukrainian employees their full salary for the next three months so they can fight against the russian invasion which i think is pretty cool and very kind of tesla to do i think it's the right thing to do don't get me wrong but yeah uh, that that poor country is going through some things right now Um, Tesla sold 208% more vehicles year over year in China for the month of February. So they sold a grand total of 56,515 vehicles, 33,315 of those vehicles were exported to foreign territories and 23,200 vehicles were delivered locally. So that's, it's a pretty big increase year over year for Giga Shanghai. Uh, the, let's see. There's some quick news that we're getting through this. Sorry about this. Tesla's received the green light to start production at Giga Berlin. Model Y delivery should begin on March 22nd. Also very exciting. Not too long ago, we talked about Giga Fest. This is an event that will be held at Giga Texas on April 7th. They are expecting 15,000 people in attendance. Now you need to have a ticket and an invitation to get in. I don't have either and I really don't know how you get a a ticket or an invitation to get in. In either case, I, I can't go anyway, but I would really like to go. This next one's a good one and really close to my heart. Tesla and Homer Electric work together to build a battery energy storage system at its Soldotna generation substation. The installation consists of 37 megapacks with a power output of 46.5 megawatts, and the battery capacity is estimated at 93 megawatt hours. If you don't know what any of this stuff means, then go to the Lucid Motors Tech Talk on batteries because Peter Rawlinson actually explains this really well, um, to the point where I even kind of understood it. Anyway, why is this important? I mean, it's important because, you know, Tesla sold Homer Electric a bunch of Megapacks. But Soldatna is the city of my birth. I grew up on the Kenai Peninsula. Most of the first 21 years of my life, I lived in Nikiski, and I lived all of those 21 years in Alaska. So, I take a lot of pride in Homer Electric converting their peaker plants, their natural gas peaker plants, into a, you know, a a mega pack, a battery energy storage system. Although it's not everyone, it's just this one. But still, I take pride in that. So good job, Homer Electric. I'm sure that installation cost a pretty penny, but I, I thank you for doing it. All right. Uh, I mentioned, I think I mentioned earlier in the podcast that we have friends visiting. So I started recording this when nobody was home and now they have come home and you're going to hear a lot of banging, a lot of talking in the background and a lot of loud noises. And I'm not going to tell them to be quiet because that would be rude. So we just got to deal with it. So sorry about that. But let's talk about some model Y news. We've got some news that isn't so great. And then we've got some interesting news that might be pretty cool. Let's start with the not-so-great news. The price of all Model Y variants and the Model 3 Long Range and the Model 3 Performance models will increase by $1,000. So each of those vehicles will go $1,000 each. The Model 3, uh, just the standard Model 3, that price is going to stay the same. The Model Y Long Range has increased by 20% since January 2021. So there's been a pretty decent price increase with the Model Y. And during that same time period, the Model 3 long range has increased in, by 10.6%. And just like we talked about with Rivian having to raise their prices, a lot of the price increase is because new materials like nickel, lithium, and cobalt, those prices have increased significantly. And like right now, cobalt accounts for a quarter of the price of the battery and cobalt is very expensive. And I'm going to tell you, uh, just how much in a second, but I do need to let you know that I looked the prices of these materials up on, on a website. I don't know if they're accurate. I did check them against some other websites and they were close. So just kind of keep that in the, in the back of your head, all of the numbers that I'm going to quote you are for entertainment purposes only. There- What I'm trying to say is I don't know how accurate they are. I think they're pretty close. So let's leave it there. All right. Per metric ton, nickel costs $19,932 per metric ton. Lithium costs $17,000 per metric ton. And a few weeks ago, since we're talking about lithium, a few weeks ago, we talked about Tesla signing a preliminary agreement with an Australian lithium mining company. Well, now that deal is uh, done. So. This um, mining company, I didn't write their name down. Sorry about that. They're going to supply Tesla somewhere close to 110,000 tons of lithium oxide for the next four years. All right. Cobalt costs 33,000 per metric ton. Now, remember just a moment ago when I said that cobalt accounts for about a quarter of the price of the battery cell? That's quite a bit, right? And it's interesting that Tesla raised the prices... Of the all of the model Y's and the long range and performance model three, because they use those, those nickel, those lithium nickel metal manganese cobalt batteries and the LFP batteries, which are the lithium iron phosphate batteries. That's what the model three uses. So there's less cobalt in that. I don't think there's zero cobalt in it, but there's significantly less cobalt. So, um, iron which goes in those lithium iron phosphate batteries. That's like that's like $90 per metric ton. Again, this is where I'm starting to doubt my numbers, but you know, again, all numbers quoted are for entertainment purposes only. Do your own research. So I think that's pretty interesting. But even though these Tesla is raising their prices, people are still buying their their vehicles. According to Scooter Dahl at Electrek, Tesla is tripling the delivery time of the Model Ys if you don't order the $12,000 full self-driving option at the same time when you order your vehicle. So I went on Tesla's website and here's what I found. If you order the standard Model 3 without full self-driving, You're going to get your car July of 2022. All of these dates are in 2022. So we'll just use the months. If you order with full self driving, you'll get your car in May. The model three long range without is May 2022 and with is April 2022. So pretty, pretty decent there. The model three performance, you get it in May, no matter what you order. Now with the model Y, if you don't order, full self-driving, you'll get it in September. If you do, you will get it in May. But the Model Y performance, it doesn't really matter if you order it with or without full self-driving because you get it in May regardless. And I didn't see any changes in delivery with the Model S and Model X and your mileage may vary depending on where you live. But these are the numbers that I found when I looked it up just a few hours ago. Now I've given you the all the bad Model Y news. Let's talk about the the good Model Y news. And it's really more of a rumor. Nothing is official at this point. But I think it's still worth mentioning. A new variant of the Model Y has appeared on the Environmental Protection Agency's website here in the United States. And this version of the Model Y has a 279 mile version. Again, this isn't an official announcement and we don't have a lot of information as of yet. This came from some internet sleuthing. I think it was originally found by Inside EVs, but I could be wrong on that. But to me, it makes sense that Tesla would introduce a more affordable uh, Model Y simply because now, you know, the long range Model Y costs $60,000 and the Model Y performance is $65,000 and that's without full self-driving. That's just the base model of the vehicle. So, Tesla is getting further and further away of those more affordable models like you know, the $35,000 model three that we were promised, or the $39,000 entry level model Y we were promised. But I think having a sub $50,000 model Y would actually be a good thing. And I would be willing to bet that the, you know, whatever this 279 mile version of the vehicle ends up being called, it'd probably just be called the model Y will come with lithium iron phosphate batteries because they're cheaper for Tesla to to install them. But the benefit is you can charge them to 100% or somewhere close to it. So you would actually get that 279 mile range pretty regularly and you're not going to degrade the battery in any significant way and I have a question to you and I don't know if anybody out there listening knows this but I think it would be interesting if Tesla could build a 4680 lithium iron phosphate battery cell. I'd imagine that we're going to find out more on this variant at Gigafest on April 7th and we might even hear you know some leaks and rumors along the way so I'll keep you updated on that. All right, everybody, that is it for me this episode. I want to thank you all for listening to the show. If you can do me a favor, I'm trying to grow the audience. If you know somebody that might like this podcast, you know, recommend us to them. If you if you don't mind, that would be great. If you need to contact me, you can email me bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. You can also find me on Twitter at 918digital. I appreciate each and every one of you for listening to the show, and I hope you have a wonderful day.